try this one more time. Okay. Ready? Yep. Go. Welcome back to <laughs> Gas Up the Podcast. This is me, Romain. Me, Feli. And we are in episode number five. I don't know. It's early in the morning. Five, I don't yeah. even know where I am. <laughs> Would you say you're a little hungover this morning? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So I yeah. think. I think my hair would say would say that. Yeah, didn't we not just do a podcast on uh, addiction last week? <laughs> just kidding. She's not. <laughs> that was just a once yeah, once no. in a once in a lifetime. Thing, Anyways, right? <laughs> Roman, we have a special guest today. His name is Jordan Wagman. Hello. Jordan, did you wake and bake this morning? Every morning. Every morning. Every morning. I'm a fu- wow. I'm a high functioning pothead. Oh, I need to get there in my life. Oh yeah, no, I'm a high functioning pothead. I yeah. need I need to be at that point in my life where I can just be high all day. Listen, it's it's also because of my psoriasis, okay. right? Because I've always um, I was diagnosed with psoriasis at twelve, so at sixteen I really started to use cannabis to help me sleep okay. um, because the itching was always brutal. Um, but yeah, even today at forty eight years old, whether I'm meeting with presidents of companies or you know, just working or going to work out every morning when I wake up. You just light one Wake up. and bake. Really? Mm-hmm. Like on the bedside table? Never. Oh. Never. <laughs> but, but funny you should say that because when we renovated my home, one of the questions was, okay, so the kids are getting older. I need somewhere to go outside and, and not to expose my wife, but she too is as big of a pothead as I am. Okay. And so, okay, what are we going to do? I think we're going to build a little patio outside my bedroom. Right. So that's what we do. So I didn't, don't roll out of bed and smoke it in the house. You but smoke I, it on the toilet. No, I oh, roll okay. out of bed and smoke it on the patio. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, right, okay. Right, on the, right on the patio. I feel like I'm more like if I were a person to wake and bake, I'd be like sitting on the toilet and then like spark up. I have a 16 and a 13 year right. old. Right, okay. And, yeah. you're, and you're very conscious because I remember when we came to your house, you were very adamant on like making sure the kids weren't watching. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know I, I, I am not hiding what I do. Obviously, I'm talking about it publicly here. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's a little late for that. Right, and my, you know, my new book is all about yeah. it and I, and I your, grow your, cannabis yeah. in the yeah. backyard yeah. and I'm your in book, the, Yeah, your, your show call. Right, right so. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're aware, but it's dad's medicine. Right, mm-hmm. like it's not, it's not. Dad's getting high to get high. Dad's getting high because it, it really helps with psoriasis. I'm gonna tell people that when I, yeah. you know, it's I'm good justification. Like, it's my medicine. It's my <laughs> maybe you'll be medicine. a nicer person. Yeah. Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> Snap! Snap! I think I'm a very nice person. Sober. For the record, <laughs> yeah, I do too. Thank you yeah. so much. No, you're 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 good. Uh, okay, so Jordan is here today to talk about cooking with cannabis his lifestyle with cannabis, um, a little bit about what you what you do and, and how you got into it. Um, give us a little, like, you know. The transition from yeah. your past life. To I don't know much about you. I know you and Roman are very, very close, so. So, you know, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of start right, like, with the today, which is, you know, I, I have this platform now where as a result of me being 48 years old and, and wiser, um, it's all about really putting people out there and learning about them 
such as this young man here or Dev or Adrian or young up and coming people and getting to know what it is that they do and how we can support them. That's sort of where I've come mm-hmm. to. Where I was, um, I started and became a chef because I used to lead a canoe tripping program in Northern Ontario. So for a decade, I'd be 50 days in the bush. Right. And you know, every I'd get out of the canoe and put a canoe and, uh, and a pack on my back and do the portage. But what I loved so much was that instant gratification at day's end, rewarding everyone with a really great meal. So I was, you know, late teens, early 20s and and did it for a long time. One day, I'll give you obviously the Coles notes, but one day I was sitting in a lecture hall at York and my skin was brutal. And I came home and I was in tears and my dad said, it's time to go to Israel. And so I took off to Israel. It's like, gotta go. Pack your bags. Right? Go Seriously. Whole country. Because <laughs> at the Dead Sea is where people, everyone in the world goes to the Dead right. Sea for psoriasis treatments. It's the lowest place on earth. The sun is very therapeutic and you've got the Dead Sea there, which is very therapeutic mm-hmm. with all of its minerals and salt. So I went there and learned and found sort of the first piece to my puzzle, which was the sunshine. And as I lived there in a tent at the Dead Sea for an entire year, cooking in this little cafeteria, getting, you know, treatment every day, which consisted of tanning naked for 12, 13 hours a day with the the Danes, right? It's good times. I had long hair at the time. Oh, nice. And I played guitar. So I was the token, you know, Canadian boy. I brought some, you know, some talent with me or at least... They thought maybe there was, yeah. it was somewhat amusing that, hey, look at the naked long-haired dude playing guitar for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'd all play naked backgammon together, and I, and I learned a lot. Um, I need to be part of this cult. Whatever it, was, it is. So, it was so awesome. And my wife and I, she would come down. She was in Israel at the time, too, and she would come down and, and play and play backgammon, and they would let her in. Anyways, so I learned a big piece to my health puzzle, which was the sunshine and so when I moved back to Canada um, I fell in love with food I knew that after I went to university it really was not what I wanted to do I didn't learn well in that type of environment you know here's homework do homework I I knew what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to culinary school so because of my psoriasis and because learning that the sunshine was so helpful for me I decided that I was going to move to Florida so that's when I decided to go to culinary school and at the same time get healthy again and sit in the sunshine and you know it's I lived with my grandmother and so it was an amazing amazing experience the first day of culinary school the chef said if you're going to wash dishes you wash them in the best restaurants that you can Mm -hmm. to me that meant if you're going to work anywhere you work for the best Mm -hmm. that's where you'll learn the most so I I started um, working for the best concurrently while I was going to school working at East City Grill and Cafe Max came back to Canada a couple years later Um, Mark McEwen walked in one day I was the chef a small little place in Yorkville on Cumberland and uh, actually it wasn't it was me, uh, my friend Franca was friends with Mark McEwen. And Mark McEwen was going to be at this event. And she said, would you like to cater? And I said, yeah, absolutely, I want to be there. Long story short, Mark McEwen walked into this event and later that night after I was schmoozing, he offered me an opportunity to go and work at the Air Canada Center. So that's where I really enjoyed a, re- a real corporate experience. And I, I started off as a chef for the Air Canada Club and then went to the um, to the Platinum Club, really enjoyed it. Um, working in a uh, in a unionized environment is not easy for a creative mm. chef 
creative cook um, because there's a lot of restrictions. But I ended up um, realizing that, you know what, my skin was not healthy here. I'd been back in Canada for a couple of years. I was going to move to Jamaica. And my I, dream, actually. It's, it, was, <laughs> it was my dream come true. And this is the worst story ever uh, in my professional and personal life where I went twice. It was the week before my wedding. We were getting married February 2000. And I moved or went out to Jamaica second time with my bags to choose where to live. And they said, you know, and I, I did what I always did. I'd take off my clothes. I'd put a bathing suit on. I'd go to the beach and I'd tan, right? It's good for my skin. Mm -hmm. They called me in and they said, would you mind staying an extra day? It was literally like two days before I was getting married. And they called me in the following day <clears throat> and said, no one will eat the food if you cook it. No one will eat the food if you cook it. Why? Because you have a contagious disease. So they determined that because of my psoriasis, which is in no way no. contagious, um, that I wasn't going to be awarded the job as the executive sue at the Grand Lido Resort in the grill. And so my honeymoon was there. Uh, we were living there. I'd already given my notice and everything. And my life changed. And it devastated me. But from there, you know, you take the worst and you make it the best. Yeah. Everything that's happened in my life as a result of that, whether it's moving to California or then being an, uh, having an opportunity to go to Colorado and really ultimately culminating to when I was your age, getting nominated for a James Beard Award, that was really, at, you know, at 30 years old, it was like, your age. Sorry, he's much older. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was such a young man that I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I hate this life. I hate it. My wife was skiing with my sous chefs in Colorado. Like every weekend she'd go to Aspen or Breck or whatever it was. I was like, this is not a life. Yeah. So I moved back and uh, I joined my family's business. Um, I'm director of sales in that company now. And I have my culinary life as well where I write cookbooks and I provide private dinners. My whole life, I, I'm classically French trained, but six years ago I sought the help of a naturopath trying to find that second piece to my puzzle. The first was, was, was the sunshine. Mm -hmm. The second was food. All along it was food that was, was causing so much inflammation. From one meeting, I removed gluten, dairy, refined sugar from my diet, nightshade vegetables. Yeah, I haven't yeah, had drinking. I haven't had rice. And, listen, <laughs> but it's balance, right? But that's balance. My life changed. Started eating cannabis, and six years later, I live a much healthier existence. And so I'm, I, I come at cannabis from health and wellness, yeah. trying to encourage people to include it, not for only recreational purposes, but that it can really help to heal heal us. It, it's an incredible ingredient. So that's that's sort that's of where I that's am That's an today. amazing story to, to and it's to, it's funny because like I, growing up, um, I had a lot of. I mean, I had dry skin and I was like itching a lot and then I saw so many people and, and they were telling me like, we don't know what you have. And then eventually I was diagnosed with psoriasis and the person told me that the two ingredients that you need is, I mean, it's just like the sun, right? Mm -hmm. I never know about the cannabis part that, that held that. But now that I hear it, I'm like, I didn't know there was an, a way to treat it, but it's nowhere near as severe as yours, obviously. Um, but that's what, yeah, I mean, like the, the sun is, it, it's insane. 
how much better I am in the summer versus the winter. winter like yeah. I can tell, like winter comes in, I can see like dryness and like heating, and it's it's crazy yeah. how it's, it's horrible. It's it's you know to I I envision and my life is different now because of the pandemic, where I'm not going to be going to meetings every day and going to the office mm-hmm. every day. But every winter, you know, I'd get up and I'd and I'd put on medicine or coconut oil, and it's minus whatever outside. And think about what happens: you put on jeans, and then you put on a blazer or button down, and it freezes to your body, <laughs> and it's the most uncomfortable. Shout feeling. out to that Toronto weather. Yeah, there shout it out is. to uh, not Jamaica. <laughs> you know, not Jamaica. Yeah. That's why you know it's it's. I really do miss the good weather. I well, am have you tried? Have you tried actually tanning? Uh, because I, I do that in very limited and people are like why are you going to a tanning booth and no, it's like, so good for your skin and I tell them it's good for me and they're like you're crazy I'm like no like it actually yeah. helps me so here's what I would say to you there is yet the answer is yes I go all the time but not tanning beds so there's a big difference so I go for UVB treatment the UVB treatment is these lights are more powerful than anything you've ever experienced because it's in a medical environment I've never been higher than two and a half minutes or yeah. three minutes mm-hmm. in this thing but- and yeah it's and it reduces skin production and i really it's one of those nights where i know i'll be smoking a joint at three o'clock four o'clock in the morning because i won't sleep that as soon as i burn myself that way in lights although the following couple days it does have a a long-term great effect in the short term it it's painful very very up here too Yeah. yeah psychologically it's it plays yeah, it's painful. Yeah. When you think about the actual, what are you doing to yourself? Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, back to like your, how you change your diet. So you're dairy-free, yep. gluten-free. Yep, refined sugar-free. Refined sugar-free. No nightshades. Wow, no nightshades. No rice. No rice. No rice. Rice converting to sugar in my body. Um, so I, I removed, so here's, here's a couple things which are really interesting, right? Bread. Would Love always it. me too. <laughs> me to make it. Can't all, live with that. I make it all the time, <laughs> but it gives me heartburn every time. Okay. You know, clamato juice was something where I would always get a stomach ache. Love a Caesar. Every, me I too. <laughs> I love them, but I, I haven't had one in process. decades. Yeah. Beer, love beer. Okay. Would always give me a stomach yeah. ache, and so when someone finally sort of circled these 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 ingredients for me and highlighted it for me, like. Holy, can I swear? Yeah. Holy shit. Are you, you know, you're, swear. <laughs> you're a dumbass. Like, how did you not know yeah. as a chef, as someone that's involved in food your entire adult life, yeah. how did you not pinpoint it? And really, I did because I never ate pasta I, because it impacted me negatively before yeah. I went to this natural right. I hardly drank beer. I never drank wine because it, not since my James Beard dinner in New York have I had Wine. really wine I, I and that's 20 whatever years yeah. ago 18 years ago I'm dating myself holy <laughs> shit it's only 18 years ago but still like it always negatively impacted yeah. me and so I always felt like a dumbass that after that meeting with the naturopath that I never sort of in, keyed in on it myself mm-hmm. so I should actually go see one because I feel the same like gluten really like acts on my stomach and then like I I have like chest pain coming from it's crazy that's why i go days or weeks without having any plant-based anything you know sometimes like a uh, a shout out to secret land farms uh secret land 
Secret Secret Land Farms. Yeah. Um, Secret Land Farms, uh, their sheep and goat products are incredible. And so when you have a good quality sheep and goat product, it's it's much easier for me to digest. Right. So that's that's a that's definitely a, a nice treat for me to have. But I can't eat cow cheese anymore yeah. you know cheddar cheese a good old cheddar with an apple one of my favorite things i had it last week i know i'm destined for a stomach ache yeah wow do your kids and wife eat the same way as not you? at no, all just you not at all wow. no they are That's now good. there's a lot of there's obviously been over the years a lot of migration towards mm -hmm the healthier version we are certainly we used to own a frozen or organic baby food company okay. called sweet pea baby food uh it was the first organic baby food second organic baby food uh frozen product in uh, in the country but first in ontario and it was it was really based on buying the best ingredients you can right um but my wife who never subscribed to organics before when she, even after she sold the company it took a long time to really ingrain the difference in importance, especially for me, but all of us in buying some organic, especially the ones that are the real, the real organic, yeah, yeah. right? You know, and so that's where I started my relationship with Mama Earth Organics. Okay. Uh, the, they provide a great home delivery service, and there's lots of them. Sazniki, I'm, I'm naming them, but but it's really important that supply chain is a huge part of yeah. what yeah. we do. One hundred percent. Knowing where your food comes from, right? Exactly. It's the, I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's everything. Right. Yeah. Telling the story, yeah. Yeah. being able to put that Secret Land Farms goat yogurt uh, or sheep yogurt on a product, it's it's being able to tell the story and that I know these people, that means everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think even in a restaurant, like every time I'm able to go to a customer and tell them like, like let's say Fogo Island fish, you know, like we've done, like you're able to tell like who's in charge or Ooh, who's literally yeah. almost like fish. That's or, right. Or cod. And I think it's, it's, it makes like the customers just like eyes light up. But at by the same time, they're gonna go back home and then they're gonna open their like a no name Costco of bacon sure. or whatever, yeah, right? So sure. yep, it, it's not. I don't think it's embedded in, in the culture. And yet. that's that's yeah, yeah. So don't you think it has a lot to do with um, their perception of the price point? That that well, we were speaking about this yes. a few weeks ago, yes. where it's like people who go to eat. If you're going to a big box brand and you're getting your a meal lot, under yeah. three dollars. Yeah. And then you go to a restaurant that actually puts love and care into your food and you're spending closer to 50 to 60, yeah. they're upset about it, but they don't really understand the benefits of how we're cooking their food versus what the big box brands are doing yeah. to them. And I'm not so sure that you're ever going to, no matter with education involved, yeah. convince them that there's a value yeah. proposition in them spending double the price yeah. because there's they don't see the value. Yeah, the economics, I think, are just, like, you know, because at the end of the day, they have to pay their bills. And then of course. They, they just, I remember when I was in the UK, which is now 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, like there is the whole food version, right? And then people would look at it and was like, oh, like these people think they're better than us, but actually they're not. But the problem is like good food had the stamp of like rich people food, yeah. right? Yeah, that's... And, and that's another problem. When you can't break like labels, it's difficult. You know, I think, and that's really the, the misconception that I'm trying to break is that good food is cost prohibitive. It doesn't have to be. You can develop great relationships with farmers that have a 100%. lot of product that go to waste. It goes to waste mm -hmm. unless it's, they have a secondary process for it. I mean, if you talk about like um, like a farm in uh, Burlington, uh, Plan B Organics, 
um, and we went to visit them for the cookbook um, about a month ago and then you just realize everything is organic everything is the best you'll ever have yeah. at such a, a low cost because they refuse to work with second and third middlemen, right? right? So they're like, no, we're gonna sell to you directly, right. therefore the price, you'll pay a cauliflower at $3 what you'll pay for 99 in a supermarket. Yeah. And don't you think the pandemic has now even lent itself to that model specifically, yes. where a lot of the farmers, a lot of the companies that would go to that middle person or people, now they're going B to C, exactly. right? Straight to consumer. That's right. Yeah. Which is, I think it's, I think it's this two part of it. The first part is the consumer not even thinking about it or being lazy about it, but it's also the producer, which and I will have soon uh, on a podcast to talk about that how people have changed. I mean, producers have changed from like always thinking that we can go direct to the consumer; it has mm. to go through a chain. When now they're like, wait a second, all I need is a van, and yeah. then exactly. and also right. now I can sell directly, and then their sales are up. When they think, because A, they sell, well, they don't sell for more money, but they make more money of the sale. And yeah. they have more customers. Because, I mean, having 10 restaurants is fantastic for your list, but now you have 10 restaurants and 200 families. Yeah. 100%. You know, I, I think a, a lot of companies were, were told by consumers, not necessarily by the verbiage, just by their actions, that they couldn't make a difference, mm -hmm. that it would be wholesale change in the fundamental way that we as consumers approach buying things. Now that's shifted. It took the pandemic to really shift that, that approach as a consumer. Yes, we buy product at a wholesale um, level for our clients, but we're also consumers for mm -hmm. our families, for our home. And so if we can go and we can call on Sosnickies, who I found out like for whatever, $200 a month. And, and that's when I tell you like, as there's so much value, I saw a picture this week from a friend of mine, the box she received in, in food stuff that they grow in on their farm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's $150 worth of groceries yeah. right there. And so for $50, I, I just think that there's, there's a great shift in approach, which I'm loving as a consumer, that there are so many more people available. I keep going back to that Secret Land Farms. I think I'm gonna put in an order, because I didn't go to the farmer's market yesterday, and they'll deliver to my door this week. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it's realizing that both ends of a spectrum are not actually, there is a way to communicate. And I think people were scared and, or not knowing. And it's it, it works in so many aspects of society. When you think you're alone and your voice doesn't have any effects, and you can go back to the BLM movement, when you realize that people come together all of a sudden, your your action weighs so much more, you're more impactful. And then when you realize that, then that's where change happens. Yeah. But it takes... You know, speaking of change, just in terms of cannabis, the, the mindset has always been... Um, the gummies, the brownies, the the cookies. Yeah. It's you know the sugar, 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 and the mindset's just always been that that's what's available. And and quite frankly, if you go on the OCS website, right, the the Ontario Cannabis Candace Store, yeah. and you you read through the ingredient list, and and maybe something's changed since I've been on my soapbox about it, but I doubt it. Um, there's nothing without sugar. Even the yeah. tea is not available without sugar. There's a lot of sugar. issues with the Ontario cannabis store. Lots, like, lots, so much. Lots. Like, from <laughs> packaging to dose amount, it's like not. So, okay, so, so what is, I love that you brought that up specifically. So what's your challenge with it, with the dosing specifically? 
So on the edible side, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like nothing. Like it's a super... 10 milligrams is the yeah, limit. Yeah, and it's like you don't feel anything. Yeah. Um, with like pre, if you buy pre-rolls, they're okay. They're kind of, they're not bad because yep. you kind of, you could gauge a little bit. But the edible side of their thing, they, they don't have any experience on that yet. And, and it's, you know, I think that everyone both in the, you know, legacy market and, you know, the legal space yeah. understands from the legacy market that there's huge value in having 50 milligram chocolate bars, 100 milligram chocolate bars. Um, If you go to Vegas, you buy a chocolate bar that's basically 10 by 10. So it's 100, I think it's, that's their limit. It's 100 milligrams, but it's logical. There's 10 squares and then in it, that's it, right? Right, and it's not a waste of packaging. That's the other It's just such an incredible waste of packaging. The other thing is, is that you can actually, it doesn't have to be 10 milligrams per piece. Yeah. You can actually have two times five, you can have four times two and a half. And the, the incredible part about that is that there is a tolerance when you are producing cannabis product. And again, since I've been involved in a discussion and bringing something to market, it's been a couple months, so I doubt anything's changed. So I'll just work with what I know. The tolerance being, if you are making one truffle, that has 10 milligrams, it could be plus or minus 15%, which means you could have in that 10 milligram truffle, you could have 11 and a half, or you could have eight and a half milligrams. So there's no net, there's not necessarily, because that's a big swing, Mm -hmm. a a perfect repeatable experience for the consumer. That's why there are people like, and I'm giving a shout out to my friend Rick Meslin. A shout out to my friend Rick Meslin. Ricky. So Rick Meslin. Um, there's there's Dynaleo, which is which is a a real, um, and I and I I texted with him the other day just to get a better understanding of what's going on. But is everything organic? No. Is everything have sugar? No, there's there's products that are available without, but there is an understanding of repeatable repeatability. So he will then n- not say, okay, there's roughly ten milligrams plus or minus fifteen percent, or four times two and a half plus or minus twenty percent or twenty five percent. He's telling you there are exactly ten milligrams. Why? Because it's called precise dosing. Yeah. The difference between how you created your cookies, which is what we call batch cooking, versus precise dosing. Each individual. Each object. individual one yeah. is dosed, and you control exactly what's in there. Yeah. So Dynaleo is doing that. That creates a repeatable experience. Even our friend Adrian Nyman, who's, you know, Adrian Nyman. Shout out to Adrian. Um, <laughs> you know, so so even Adrian Nyman, who's coming to market um, with Ollie. Yes. Right? So, you know, you, you talk about people trying to create, again, I could go on and on about my beliefs about sugar, but I'm not going to win every battle. Mm-hmm. The fact that these people are coming to market with a repeatable experience, that's what the consumer's looking for. And I think up until this point, even in the legacy space or the black market space, that hasn't necessarily been the case. Yeah. That there's roughly 300 milligrams. It's, you know, you've got a gummy, it's got 150 milligrams, but you cut it up. Are you cutting it up perfectly? Exactly. Of course not. Yeah. So that's my biggest concern with that space. Very interesting. Yeah. So there's actually a market for that to create that experience and then like really having a precise because that's what I know nothing about yeah. cooking with cannabis and when I was doing a show last week 
um, it was around cooking with cannabis, and then the first person I called, Roshan, I was like, yo, um, please give me like a download on everything I need to know in the next five minutes. And it makes so much sense. It's actually like realizing how you have no control, and therefore the experiences are different. And this may be why sometimes like the person in front of me is literally baked, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> what's happening? Are you okay? And it makes so much sense that you can actually dose it, and it works with everything. It's just like having alcohol. Imagine you have a bottle of wine and you pour four glasses and one of them is 2% and one of them is 6%. Like, yeah. you're not going to get drunk the same way. It's no. literally the same thing. No, no. And then if you go to pour them a second glass or a glass the following day, that's right. Yeah. So you, how it's all about creating that repeatability. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, I, I come at things very differently. So I offer, my home is my restaurant. Okay. It has been up until the pandemic yeah. where I have an island that is 10 feet long and 12 people sit around my island. My range is right in my it's island. It's a beautiful kitchen, by the way. Thank you. And Shout I, out to whoever. Yeah, it's <laughs> my brother-in-law, Fear. I mean, listen, he, Rado Drywall, he's he's an amazing, <laughs> amazing contractor. I will say that. So next week, I want to suggest <laughs> on that table, okay? I actually need a new island. So. So there you go. Oh, Fear, there you go. <laughs> so do I. I'm redoing my kitchen, so... <laughs> so I, I love creating this experience, but it's an experience where someone will, people will come and they're having... It's about the food. It's not about how high I can get you. It's about including over 15 courses, six, seven that have THC and the balance of CBD. Mm-hmm. So that where, you know, there's there's a great sort of impact that CBD has on us. Um, and I only talk, I love it. I love it. And yeah. I only talk from a personal standpoint, how it really seems to lower my inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so, and I spoke to this, how I think it was off camera how because I'm not including sugar in my products in any of my food stuff that there's less of a barrier to the absorption so I have people coming into my home or my restaurant space and saying yeah I can eat 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams and these people are heroes men and women alike they're heroes I know that my tolerance is 50 milligrams that's where I am perfect and they come in and they're like, you know, they look at my chalkboard, which has the, the menu on it with the amounts of milligrams per, um, uh, per course. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, but I'm only getting 25 or 26. I'm like, Trust dude me. or dudette, <laughs> do not worry. Plus, there's you can, if you want more, have at it. There's yeah, more chocolates more. for you. There's more fruit roll ups for you. They are delicious. Shout out to you for roll ups. They are thank you delicious. Thank you, thank you. About to sh- uh, to shoot this week with uh, how do you Royal Agricultural Winter Fair? Yeah, doing an online version. Yes. Um, so I'm doing actually the fruit leather for yeah. the infused fruit leather Very for cool. them. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's all about creating the experience. Mm. It's like any other restaurant we go to where if the food sucks and the service is good and then you're having a good time with your people, you'll give them a second chance maybe. Yeah. You know, if the service sucks and you're having... But if everything sucks, I'm out. Yeah. I'm never coming back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's true. But in terms of flavors, I think it's never really talked about like the actual tastes because... I made the cookies and I really enjoyed the flavor that the oil brought to the cookie. Um, I think it was more of a note than a flavor because the, the two gentlemen that I was filming with me, like, they was like, we can't taste it. I'm like, you can really have that like floral, almost like a pine tree kind of flavor. I don't know if 
You know what I mean? I do, because I can tell you exactly what terpenes were in there. So, yeah, and then I was just like, wait, no one talks about the flavor you can bring to a dish. And I could already see so many dishes that were like, wait a second, that flavor could work so well with this or that or even Matsuno Tartar. I was like, it would be bang on. That would really bring, like, really, like, exhaustive flavors. There's a lot of lemon, there's a lot of lemon tones. So, that is heavily lemon. Um, there is some pine. There are definitely some of those notes, but it's heavily lemoned. And so, you know, there are a lot of people um, who, in the cannabis space, profess to be a cannabis chef. I'm not a cannabis chef. I am a chef. And I use cannabis as an ingredient, as I do any other seasonal ingredient or great ingredient. I show it respect, and I complement what it is that I'm making with the cannabis. I, although... I have different oils that have different terpenes, different nose, different profiles, uh, aroma profiles. I will generally be okay with creating all of my food stuff using the same oil. The same one. Yeah, because for the most part, it's just a compliment like I use acid. You know, I'm not sure, and I think we were, we were talking about this again off camera. There's not acid a, like lemon, not acid. Yeah, like dope, right. Dropping acid. Okay, Sorry, just check, just <laughs> thank you for qualifying. What acid? Acidity, acidulated yeah, liquids. For sure. No, just <laughs> no, not the Saturday night. Let's get high acid. <laughs> Sorry, I just needed to qualify that. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, I use it as an acidulated liquid, where that note sort of brings out everything else and gives it that huge pop of flavor. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, um, but that's to what I'm about to ask is um, your, your favorite thing to incorporate cannabis in um, that heightens both the cannabis, the food, and the flavors. Like, what would that be? Yeah, I, I, love, I love savory because okay. I, I love when people, um, I had, I hosted um, through Kitchen Toke, Kitchen Toke Magazine. Okay, so okay. Kitchen Toke Magazine, Jolene Rivera, she created this magazine. Um, for the use of cannabis for health and wellness. And if you're familiar with Cooks Illustrated, it's very, very, very similar in approach to Cooks Illustrated. It's beautifully presented. Um, I, I hosted them with Forbes magazine in my home. And one of the dishes that he couldn't understand the infusion was I had a seared piece of basically salmon deli sitting on top of a flax cracker on, on, a, on the rim of a shot glass. And on top was this infusion. And the infusion was toasted hemp seeds with oil, with, um, with raw cannabis in it. But the focus was never, I'm getting you high or I want you to taste mm. the cannabis. It's how is that product going to influence the salmon? I think for me, the best thing that I've ever come up with is that hemp crust is that where I will combine the oil with a smoked olive oil and some raw flour and some chives that as the the hemp hearts sort of cool down it almost sort of toasts it and dries out the chives so you get that real sort of oniony aroma to it but that's definitely my favorite you can infuse cannabis in anything, anything. Yeah. but what you can't do is do it incorrectly you can't sear a piece of meat 
you know, I don't care if you're adding oil, like oil to butter or whatever. It's not going to bring up the smoke point yeah. of, of your butter like an oil would, yeah. Yeah. right? So you're not searing in it. You're not getting it super hot. It's a finishing. It's a finishing it water. is. Yeah. That's exactly right. So when you can, you're always adding it to room temperature food stuff. I do put it in ice cream. I won't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will never add it or rarely add it to a hot food stuff I don't want it to cook it can over time degrade Mm -hmm. but whether I'm cooking a brownie you know in the oven for 10 minutes or 12 minutes at 300 degrees it doesn't seem to impact it negatively so but the answer is savory because it's a bigger challenge very cool what are your thoughts about people who come to these dinners just to get high and not they don't, not my dinners. Okay. Yeah, they won't. <laughs> Pretty they, they don't. They, my price points out of they, no one's coming to just get high at that price yeah. point. You know, I charge $225 to start um, for an experience in my home. So it's it's expensive. And so I and that I don't serve alcohol or anything. You bring your own and my pleasure. I will definitely create the experience for you. People are coming for a food experience. Mm -hmm. More often than not, what I find, it's not the cannabis experience. People are like, okay, so you don't cook with gluten, you don't cook with dairy, and you don't cook with sugar. What the fuck am I eating? Right? How am I having dessert? Mm-hmm. You're showing three or four desserts. How? Am, well, you did. You're just in the midst of finishing off an amazing cookbook. Did you come up with pretty cool vegan desserts? Well, exactly. And that's funny because I was going to jump on. I was just saying, obviously, you're cooking vegan pretty much on a daily basis. Um, you just realize it's the same thing. I was just like, people think that like vegan doesn't taste, vegan is not interesting, vegan is not fun. But you realize that when you, it's, you create a lot more when you're actually faced with a challenge. That's when you the have, word, right? When, when, you, have, when you have all the options, you're like, well, I mean, oh, yeah, I guess I'm just going to do that again. When you remove it, I'm like, fuck, now i got to think. So, so in the best if I give you butter, sugar, flour, okay? I mean, we could sit here for days. Yeah, I'm going to make Coming it nice and clear. For, uh, yeah. for days, yeah. Yeah. right? But now I'm going to give you raw cacao, coconut milk, and almond flour. What are you going to do? And so that's where I agree with you. That challenge came in Mm -hmm. big time for me. How do I relearn how to make all the food that I love? My beautiful decadent brownie, right? Avocado, coconut oil. It's aroma-free coconut oil. Why? My kids fucking hate coconut oil or the flavor of coconut. So if I use the the aroma-free, I get the mouthfeel of butter. So now between avocado and coconut oil, I've got the... the, the, Right, I've got the fat. I've got the mouthfeel. It's recreating... so you take a brownie and you over a double boiler, I've got avocado and coconut oil and raw cacao and maple syrup and a little bit of instant coffee, and boom, you start to fold in some, some almond flour and you bake it, and you're there talking you about any ooey gooey yeah. beautiful brownie, but now it's recreated using the ingredients that don't imp- impact me mm-hmm. negatively. Yeah, I think it's just people don't, it's almost like, and that's how I, I that's why I did the book, because I want to be like, I'm tired of just doing what you do every day and then like why you know like you you don't create you, you i'm bored of cooking you know what i mean because you're like ah, i do the same shit every day you don't have to mm-hmm. and you can actually like be like okay well like um <laughs> like if you were on chapter and you had like a mystery box that's and, right and you're like i gotta make all this shit taste good yeah you know what i mean and that's kind of like the same idea i was like let's just try something new and it works it's possible do you guys know how that was created like have you ever had to do a 
sort of uh, a, a brown bag competition to get a job yeah. have you uh, heard it? yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's how chopped that's how iron Sh- like yeah, that's how this channels, right yeah. that's how this stuff was created so when i was in the uk um shout out to the uk once more um so i was part of so the last place i worked in so it was a, um, a hotel uh, a chain of hotel but like more like higher end and they had a sous chef program where you had to i think it was 18 months and then it was literally a competition. It was like 12 of us. We would meet every month. And at the end of each session, there would be a culinary box. And the best chef overall will get a chef, a head chef position right. within the company. Right. And then, and you had prizes, right? So like, and that's something, I mean, I left after eight months uh, when I moved here, but I had won every single mystery box because I was coming from a different background. Like uh, I came, I come from like uh, just before I'm in I'm into Mission Star restaurant, and I come into this venue, and then the cooks and chefs were maybe more used to like traditional UK placement. So I had a lot more training under my belt. So we were yeah, not not as fair, but you just realized that like it's probably the most fun I've ever had. Where when you just you don't know what you're cooking with, you have an hour, and you're gonna come up with a dish. Yeah, huge challenge, and that's how you know. Um, I can tell if someone can cook if you can create something from nothing. nothing. Yeah. Create something from nothing. Fridge Anyone. That's, that's, that's fridge clean. That's how you know when someone can. It's easy to go to the grocery store and, and then create. Yeah, of course. It's in great. So I created um, <laughs> this Mama Earth Organics, right? So this food delivery. I, I love it. And here's why I love it so much. Because it's rare that I will go in and adjust it. I have no idea what I'm getting. Yes. Zero. Random. I wrote a blog a couple of years ago. What the fuck do I do with rutabagas? Like that was the name of Vegas. I fucking hated them. <laughs> I hated them, and I avoided them. Right? I sold you turnips, right? Yeah, so I don't yeah. love the this the 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 stinky feet. Yeah. You know, I'm not a huge fan. But I wrote this blog, and the reason I wrote it is because I never adjust what they were giving me, and week after week in the winter, I'd get fucking rutabagas, and so finally, I'm like. All right, I guess I'm trying rutabagas, and I loved them, and I loved them. Yeah. You know, and it's and it wasn't about okay, how can I you know cut up some lardon and cheat with Brussels sprouts, or you know we talked about you know sugar on, in turnips or whatever. That's easy, like that's easy to. But how do you make rutabagas taste good without adding the shit, right? Yeah. Without adding the stuff that the natu- I'm in its raw that's natural right. form. Yeah. That's right. So it took a lot of practice. You know, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that you know I don't read about other chefs I, ne- I collect cookbooks I don't it's a, same I it's literally exactly have all the same, these cookbooks yeah. and I don't Never. any of them every time I get like who inspires you I was like I, same, I get that same question all the time and, and I'm like oh and I was like I don't, I don't know. know and I'm always like I don't know sounds like a dick but yeah. like I refuse to look at other chefs it's cheating it's I, cheating I, I don't want to know what they've done it's cheating I'll it's, buy the cookbook because right. I support them that's right I buy the cookbook because it looks aesthetically pleasing and yeah. that too <laughs> I mean like I and then like I'm like you're my friend you do a cookbook I'll buy you a cookbook yeah. it's going to be on my shelf and then the first time somebody opened it I'm like oh that looks very new yep I refuse to open cookbooks it's yeah. not it, it's you know especially for people like us that are creating and so working on constantly working on recipes both for clients and for publication I don't want to take from other people. I want my inspiration to be whatever it is that I'm pulling out and how I feel. What you feel that day. You yeah. know? It's, it's the yeah, best I mean, way like, to I, I mean, it's time I was just made dinner and then the lady would be, my lady would be like, 
what are you doing? And I, we were like middle of cooking. I was like, no so idea. Guys, I still <laughs> don't know. Of course. And she's like, how? Yeah. I mean, like we're about to eat in 15 minutes. I'm like, yep. And I still don't know what we're doing. That's and, right. and she's like, how do you do it? I'm That's like, right. I don't think there's an answer to that. No. People have to ask. They do not understand. Yeah. And so it's when you are an artist, which is what you all are, it's hard to describe your artistry. It's hard to uh, to rationalize and describe your artistry. What we're doing and how we right. do it. Yeah. It just right. works. All I say, and this is like, don't worry about it. It'll be good. And you know, you chase it. It was like, oh, like, let me go into the pantry. I'm going to have a little bit of yeah. sherry vinegar. Right. I'm going to have a little bit of right. Tabasco. Shut up, Tabasco. <laughs> and like, or anything. Like, you're just like, I don't know. Like, no, that's just... the hardest thing for me when I'm cooking or like making something is having to create it and like write it down and recipe it at the same time oh god recipes are right it's literally my worst nightmare yes. because i can't i can't go off like 10 grams of salt or you know all this stuff it has to just be like whatever i feel and as i go i think and this is so important for me my brand and what it is that i i really sort of preach it's technique it's not yeah. recipes yeah, so i'm going to teach you how to make something which then has a thousand variations exactly. you know like the day you make it the ingredients that you have in front of you will be completely different yeah. based on where you are in the world even you know I, I explain to people so I make what I call a pesto sauce so pestos are a huge part of my flavor profiles why because I'll deglaze pans with them I'll take steamed carrots and I'll toss them whatever the case but it's the pesto is always the same. There's never any nuts and there's never any cheese. So what are they? For, look, just herb purees. That's all they are. Mm. So look, Jordan, how, how do you do that? Well, you see that recipe? Well, just replace the basil and the scallions for chives, yeah. or the basil for for cilantro, or or or. But people are so caught up with, and I think the Food Network yeah. has helped to sort of ingrain this. Like They're grain not grain cheesing grain. techniques, yeah. uh, teaching just techniques, writing on paper, right? Like that's all it is. Yeah. That's why, yeah. Sometimes everyone with these cookbooks and TV shows, it's like, that's not cooking. Let me teach you. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, like for writing a cookbook, and I'm like, the thing is, I know that the recipe that I did works when I do it, but yeah. I hundred percent know that when they're doing it, they're gonna be like, oh, it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's why I say I was like, I hate when I do events and I write the menu, whatever. I still give them. I don't give a recipe. I'm gonna write the way I word my dishes like tuna, soy, scallions, shiso. Yeah. That's how I that's because it. I don't want to say I love you. What it is. Yeah. That's hilarious that you just said that. I'll tell you why. But go and, on. And then, and then, like, I always tell whoever's helping me, whether it's, it's my friend, Colt, whatever, and I was like, I hope no one's asking me for a recipe yeah. because I don't have one. And I don't want to have one. I don't want to have one, exactly. So I need to just pull this up because I have an event um, this weekend and. I wrote, a me I wrote a recipe and uh, no nuts, there it is. So I wrote my recipe and, or my, my, my mm -hmm. menu and it was 10 courses and uh, it's street corn chowder, groat crema, basil pesto. It's potato galette, smoked salmon, pickles. It's tuna, avocado puree, potato chips, Ontario pickerel, tomatoes. That's it, right? It's there's not descriptions, and so when the client came back to you know Rebecca, my, my partner, and said, "Could you please ask the chef to expand if he doesn't mind?" I said, "No, no. 
because if I'm, I'm not going to be locked in, because I, that's why... You change why, unless... That's exactly. right. Exactly. I never, ever, ever... want to be locked in. Ever. And I never give people menus. Ever. That's why you don't know the menu until you come to my home yeah. or my restaurant. What you do have control over, your likes, your dislikes, and your dietary you, restrictions. Yeah. Other than that, if there's something you want, I'm making it. If there's something you don't want, I'm not including yeah. it. But don't... It's 15 courses. I create... And I don't know, to your point, that whether it's 10 minutes for you and your significant other or it's for your clients, I have no idea what I make. I have no idea what my garnishes are. If I get sunchokes in my basket, for sure I'm going to make some sunchoke chips. Chips. If they're, you know, there's just, until I get it, I have no idea. idea. But there's one thing that you know is they will taste good. I Most think, <laughs> so, so I'll be honest, I take a lot of pride in flavor. And so I used to worry about 15 moves on a plate. Uh, I don't oh focus on that anymore. That used to be my the man favorite. loves yeah. that shit. No, but like if you look at it, that was my life up to the last four years, I would say. And you see how my food is now, how I've like taken out so many steps, so many ingredients. Because I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, like the techniques and then like, I love my tweezers, don't get me wrong. Because I, I still think I can like place things better. But... There's no We're like. Not shutting out to tweezers. No shout out to tweezers. I'm sorry. I still love you. <laughs> but, I love my tweezers. But at the same time, the dish is not 15 types of celery because the flavors of celery will come from. Doesn't matter if you exactly. do it 15 ways. It will taste like celery. So maybe this is also a reason why you've had to sort of evolve a little bit towards less, right? And I always feel like now less is more, but because I'm I'm a one man show. Right, I don't have people in my kitchen. We talked about Chef, Chef Stephanie Tucci, um, who's who's one of my favorite people, and the only person that I've really had as my second. She's cooked with me two or three times, right? So I have tons of events. I'm a one-man show. If I start to have 15 moves on a plate, how does that yeah, work? That is, yeah. So you know, chicken kale meatballs with my cherry tomato sauce and some fried kale. There's three moves on that plate. Three um, moves I'm incredibly proud of, but it's stunning. And it doesn't have to be more than that. And it's true. I mean, like, I, I hate to say because it it's harsh, but I mean, the reason why I had to as well was because the talent level, right? When you work with a team of five, you can have five really good talent. When you work with a team of 15, you're going to have to make. And I've had this chat with some of my friends, well, people that work with me at one place and we work in another place. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, And I'm like, I have to adapt because... And that's why I'm always using the same people when we do more like in dinner because I need someone that's going to be able to do. And the second I don't, I get so mad because they're not able to execute. And it's like a position player on, on any sports team, yeah. right? So if you play with someone long enough, you know, Kyle Lowry always knew where, um, where DeRozan was, right? Yeah. They were so close and they, they were in each other's heads. And so that was part and parcel with why he was so upset, why he was leaving. Of course, it's his buddy leaving, but he knew him so well. Yeah. So when you start to work with someone, they know what your next move is. And so all you have to say is, chef, chips or chef yeah. octopus or what and you don't have to give any more explanation than that yeah they know exactly salad next course salad sear scallops i've already taught you once how to sear them now you know how to do it yeah. right so it's it's really once you learn to communicate with one another it's incredible unfortunately it's also where i say i love being the guy that does 
peels your carrots and does your garnish and I've done everything in between. Mm-hmm. I love that being able to say, yeah. hey, I mean, look. And being in control. Like, and I've done everything. everything. Yeah. And where do you go for that type of experience where, you know, I, I don't know, does Statlander have people in his kitchen? Like Again, there's no comparison between Jordan Wagman and Stat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about how specifically this guy does absolutely everything and is involved in soup to nuts. Right? Yeah, Jamie it, Kennedy yeah. too. Like all yeah. these guys. And it was just, I don't know, like I, I, for working in kitchens where um, like the last two, three last position that I had where you're more of a behind the scene kind of chef and you don't have control of your menu and then you're going to send food that's not good and you don't even know. And even though you do your like mischeck and everything, it's not the same. When I make the mise, I know that everything it's is the perfect. way it's supposed yeah. to be done. And even you have mise in front of you, all three of us, talented people, yeah. we're going to do three different yeah. things with that mise en place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so it's really, and this is as a, as a business person, person and, and leader. I'm a much better chef today at 48 years old because I have a much higher business acumen, right? So I understand the value in teaching people how to execute something and 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 I'm okay with repetition. Now, make the same mistake over and over and over again. Well, then maybe it's not me, maybe it is you, but make a mistake. Let me I'm happy to teach you whether it's sales, whether it's food, but if if you're you got to be you got to be I want people to learn ultimately that that's the goal right yeah. I want to better someone's life where I was that angry chef years ago where I'm now surrounded by people who don't believe in that mentality anymore but I was that give me that fucking plate now I'm in the weeds right like I'm five minutes down I got three of the four plates sitting in the window and you're telling me it's two mm-hmm. more minutes mm-hmm. I'm dying right so I was so angry as a chef it's I understand now the importance of sort of giving back and being a leader yeah I mean, yeah, I think it's maturing and it's like realizing that it doesn't make it better. No. Enough for you, no, for your team, and certainly. for the customer. And the food. Yeah. The food doesn't, yeah. the food's not going to be better if everyone's angry. Yeah. Food, all, all, everything tastes better with a smile. And you know, it's true. And you know, helping, again, you go back to the 15 components, you're putting more pressure on in your cooks and yourself mm-hmm. to make it, ha- to have the same five plates happening at the same time. When it's three, four elements, it's, it's a little quicker. Yeah. Do you think that that's the future? where it's more about less where it's the days of the white tablecloth well, I mean the restaurants have I mean I like mean, bigger names have kind of like turned their back on the Michelin and like there are a lot of components yeah. like we see a lot more but people being like, rewarded through COVID now everyone's like we can't afford to we right. can't afford to cook like this yeah. and eat like this and right Right. And, and, and then the thing is like you go to I've never been to Noma or like restaurant like this that are more well um, Noma's doing burgers right now yeah and you know what? Like, there's a line up, yeah. an hour line up, because the people are always going to be the best burgers. So that's exactly where I was, where I was going to go with that. But so if you've got Noma making burgers, aren't you guaranteed that that's going to be an incredible burger? burger. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's the best ingredients. That's too. right. That's right. So, so that's where you know, and that that's my approach to all food. You buy the best ingredients, you do very little to them, and you serve them. And then how do ex- and then how do you I mean like they have uh, I can't remember his name but they have a Canadian uh, yeah, yeah he's amazing yeah the so young man. Yeah, yeah so and then you I can see the techniques that they're using Jacob are, I think it is yeah and he's using techniques that are like a thousand year old right. you know like it's no matter as people would think as a futuristic restaurant it's actually backward when actually doing stuff that's been mm-hmm. done for a thousand of years and simpler so do you know my favorite Toronto chef doing alchemy you know with regards to, I mean we all I hope know and love him and Chris Locke is he's the like he's he's one of the dudes who is doing an amazing job 
Shout out to Chris and Marvin. We love, we love Chris. Love Chris. They just got rid of tipping, so. Yeah, 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 they did. Watch episode three on tippings. Yeah. Um, but really quickly, Indica or Sativa? Um, I'm a, I Sativa, I think. Okay. Is, yeah, is, is certainly me, but, you know, I'm, uh, I don't uh, discriminate. Okay. How's that? Is it a certain type of day? A few yeah, I mean, sativa more more for me, a little bit more of an up. But so I am a, I, I, I like to smoke cannabis. Mm-hmm. I love to smoke cannabis, but I use raw papers. You know, I'm, I'm very specific in what I choose. It, it, you know, it's, as I said, it's just another ingredient. But I love my edibles. I love my oil. That was my next question. You know? Edible or smoking? Yeah, I, I, I've started to, I love smoking. Yeah. But I, you know, I'll take a drag or two and put it out, right? So, but I love my edibles and I love making them. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm migrating towards edibles. Are you edibles. always consuming your own edibles? or Never anyone you're else's. You're never buying anybody else's edibles? Never, never, never. Did you ever buy anybody else's never. edibles? Always making your own. Yeah. Never, really? never, cool. never, never. Um, there's a long period of time where I didn't, have access to edibles and I really wasn't thinking about making edibles but for the last six years it's it's been all my stuff and yeah yeah have you ever thought of uh, selling those items and no not um, no no because I I only I do it for my clients and I will make them for friends um, but it's for personal use and so no I, I don't my culinary life is not driven by dollars and cents so if you know it's I only do it for person. the love. Well, I do it for the love of the game. <laughs> the I, man does it for all the dollars. <laughs> I <laughs> pay those bills. <laughs> and so, and I listen. I'm very fortunate that I have a whole different professional yeah. life that pays my bills. Mm-hmm. So anything I do in my culinary is world is is truly out of love. Thankfully, a lot of it does pay me, but yeah. a lot of it I do to give back. Um, yeah. The one thing I would say about about cannabis as a whole is there. We seem to be getting to a place where there's a better understanding that it's not just about getting high, that there is a health and wellness component mm-hmm. to it. And that's what I like, and that's how I differentiate myself. So it's not just about how much pot can I consume, yeah. it's, you know, have an experience or eat something to lower your inflammation. So if someone was in need of something, I, I don't share a lot of my recipes that are proprietary. My fruit leather is all over the yeah. internet. But there's a lot of things that I have that are proprietary yeah. that I'd like to see come to market in, in you know, on mass. Um, I work with different licensed producers um, right now that's sort of come to a halt. But I would like to see there be um, a lot more sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free products yeah. on the market. I hope one day people understand that you know it's it's definitely at a different price point. But I think there are people who would be Absolutely. okay paying yeah. a premium. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And, the- and I think also it's a very like Canadian. I, I don't know too much about the America, but in Europe, it's, I don't think the mentality is there where you see it as a health and wellness, but still like a very like I want to get high. Mm-hmm. And I think until that mentality switch globally, I think it will be easier to. Europe, I think, is certainly ahead of the curve a little bit um, in some countries, um, and their approach to CBD use specifically, uh, which I'm a huge advocate of. Uh, the one company that I would say the most incredible product, the one that I'm so excited for, and they're not Canadian, is 
this Kitchen Toke magazine came out with a product called Kitchen Toke Honey. And I did an interview with her last week, uh, Jolene, where it's the first, it's not a man-made honey. It's actually bees that are fed this this uh, this cannabis sort of mixture. And so they're creating oh, honey. Wow. And it's so, and the feedback she's getting, Forbes wrote a huge article on her. That's very cool. It's a really, really, really cool product. So I'm really hopeful there will be more um, innovative type of product like this yeah. focused on health and wellness. That's, that's I think that's hope. a big thing too. People still don't understand like the benefits of cannabis. Everyone just thinks you're a pothead. High functioning. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I do it to like sleep because like coming home from work after 14 hours, it's so hard to, to fall asleep after. Of course. Because yeah. your mind you're just, wired, it though. keeps going, yeah. doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah. Holy shit! I forgot to order carrots. Yeah, that was my three o'clock and three o'clock in the morning night. Uh, holy shit! Sweating. I forgot to order. That's right. Yeah. So true. Right. Um, what's your go-to snack when you are high? Um. Okay. So that's a great question. So I love, I love snacks. I me too. I, and I love. I love snacks. I love making my own <laughs> snacks. Like I have a lot of munchy snacks, but I'm going to shout out to someone else because. This is Chef Doris Finn, if you don't yes. know Doris. So Chef Doris Finn has created something called Finsicles. Okay. And if you, you envision basically a hug and does bar, but using chocolate sauce, chocolate, and really good quality dairy-free ingredients. Okay. And so she, I went and picked up 20 last Sunday, and like I've eaten more than half the bag already. And so, you know, I love, and that's the other part about being the elder statesman, right? Is that I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I don't care about me. I'd rather give the love to somebody like Doris who's putting so much love into something to help people change their lives mm -hmm. and make one small change in your life. You suffer from an autoimmune deficiency or an autoimmune disease. Sugar's not good for us. You know, gluten's not good for us. I'm not standing on my soapbox, but do your due diligence and understand the impact that these ingredients have on us. But when you have somebody like her who's coming to market with this incredibly artisan, carefully you know, made product with so much love, you want to support them. Yeah. So this is her making her fincicles. That's my favorite go-to snack yeah. when I have the munchies. So you like the sweets? I always love sweets. I grew up with hug and and you know, I love sweets. But my favorites, like I make my brownies all the time. Yeah. I make ice cream all the time. My favorite right now is um, banana and caramelized pecan. So I'll infuse it, I'll not. And what is it? Like seriously, frozen bananas, you know, tossed, pureed, yeah. pureed and caramelized your, you know, your pecans yeah. with some Super maple simple. syrup. Couldn't be easier. And I'm and I create these recipes where you don't even need an ice cream machine. Yeah. Throw your you know your your bowl in the freezer. Throw the puree in the freezer and whisk it up every 20 minutes until you get that desired consistency. Yeah. Right. Break up all those ice crystals. Boom. You got some nice vegan ice yeah. cream. So I love making my own, but certainly Doris Finn gets the go-to for sure. Very cool. There Shout you out go. To Doris. Doris. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much. We got the ins so and outs of Jordan Wagman. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, having for coming me. this morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hopefully Appreciate by the time it. this airs, my hangover will be done. <laughs> I would have stressed that Hopefully. <laughs> that was fun. But thank you very much. Guys, thank you for listening to the Gas Off Podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode. Yes. Peace. Out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Awesome. That was great. <laughs>